Hello there, I'm Miranda Gretton and this is Take a Moment with NCHC, the show where we talk to you and your colleagues about experiences that affect you. Listen on your drive between patients or in your downtime, whenever you get the chance to take a moment. In this episode, I'm joined by specialist dietitian Sejal Jacob, who tells us how we can get our five a day when we're working busy shifts and how some food myths are not to be believed. My name is Sejal Jacob. I'm one of the community dietitians. I've been working as a community dietitian for over the last 10 years. So what does the job entail then from first appointment with somebody? Mm-hmm. Perhaps the morning would start with a clinic where I'm seeing patients, one-to-one consultations. Later in the day, I may be out for home visits. And the main aim is to kind of, you know, providing more dietary modifications, which is more tailored to each individual. And it can be for a variety of kind of medical conditions. It could be for just uh, malnutrition who require nutrition support or patients with any gastrointestinal conditions like irritable bowel syndrome. So somebody gets referred because they might have a condition, but what about preventative measures? You know, you must see such a range of things and you must think, oh, if only they'd done this with their diet or this with their lifestyle, that must be, that must be quite frustrating. So now here and now, what can we say to maybe our staff, thinking about our staff and how out and about they are, you know, in the community, maybe driving all the time or out of hours staff, for example, working long nights and, you know, not having time to stop for breaks. Why is diet and nutrition so particularly important to our busy workforce? And what can we think about with those sort of preemptive strikes? Yeah, absolutely. Thinking about that, how busy our workforce is, and some of the statistics show that full-time working staff spend around 60% of their waking hours at their place of work. Nutritional well-being of the staff is not just about their kind of physical health. It also has significant impact on their concentration or their cognitive function and energy levels which then subsequently affects not just the performance, but also job satisfaction. According to WHO, optimal nutritional well-being of the staff can raise their productivity to about 20%. And as we all know that healthy workforce are happier, calmer, more engaged, sleep better, this then results in a less sickness episodes if we do think about the diet and nutrition at work. Each and every individual within community has got different work patterns and shifts, but we all are quite busy. And sometimes it's so easy to forget to take a break. I'm having kind of, you know, guilty of this and occasionally kind of skipping meals or not taking breaks. It's all normal, but gradually all of these small things kind of adds up and becomes a habit. And this is when it starts having an impact on your health and well-being. It's very easy to say, how can we actually make that happen? What's some advice that you can give people? One of the most important message I would say here is to planning and preparing. Because as you said, we all know it, what to eat, what to pack in our lunch boxes, to take a break. But it is the planning and preparing that's where people sometimes, you know, fall off the rail. Just plan ahead and prepare what you can during your day off. So sit down with your family, 
not just what you're going to pack for your lunches with you, but also your breakfast and how about your evening meal? Can you batch cook most of the things? Or if you can't, can you prepare most of the things? And that's where you make sure that you are adhering to more healthy eating, more freshly cooked meals. If you need more guidance or ideas on what to pack for healthy meals or recipes or snacks, there are some of the websites like Change for Life or British Heart Foundation, or you can also go on to the British Dietetic Association website as well. Another thing is to kind of cut down on your caffeine. And now I understand, you know, it's a very common habit, but try decaffeinated drinks or herbal teas. And again, be more mindful of those odd biscuits that goes with a cup of tea or a coffee. And all of these little things, again, kind of, you know, adds up during the day. If you're out and about and if you're carrying a flask of coffee or tea with you, again, use maybe herbal teas, carry some hot water and you can take some tea bags or something like that with your herbal teas or fruit teas. Um, and you can have that. Hydration is very important as well. So, yes, you can have your decaffeinated drinks, but even carry a bottle of water or sugar-free squash or something like that. Uh, setting up if you're within the office or in a kind of a community hospital environment, then maybe setting up hydration stations for staff and having their own private kind of water bottles just as a prompting kind of a, a reminder for them to drink enough because most of the time we avoid drinking because we want to avoid the trips to the loo and how often we advise our patients to drink more, but then we ourselves forget that. And you were saying about habits, and I think that's really interesting because bad habits are so easy to fall into, but good habits take a little bit more work. And I think if we maybe find a, a way to build a habit of, of even just say take hydration, for example, build a habit so that you have a drink after every team's call. Yeah. Or you have a drink before, you know, before and after every team's call that you have in a day. Or you have a drink when you get out of the car to get to see that patient and you have another drink when you get back in the car. Starting okay. those yeah. habits yeah. Yeah. could make a real difference, couldn't it? Absolutely. And that then kind of, you know, that routine becomes a habit and you wouldn't need any conscious reminder of that it just becomes a habit and you will start kind of you know thinking about drinking more often yeah absolutely yeah it just kind of happens and I suppose also you know some people might think oh I don't want to drink too much now because I don't want to run out of water during the day if I'm out and about and I'm sort of in a rural area so I suppose maybe you know people could pack an emergency bottle in the boot maybe you know just something yeah. like that and like you say thinking ahead and and planning that and having it on the side the night before to remind yourself to put it in the car yeah. in the morning because we're all busy you know especially if you've got yeah. kids and you're yeah. trying to get the household organized it can be tough yeah. to remember to pack your own lunchbox so yeah doing it the night before is really sensible so is it as simple as as just eating low fat or diet food to help keep us healthy or is there more to it in terms of, of nutrition particularly I mean there are so many you know different concepts about you know low fat or low sugar diet what is more healthy eating and healthy eating is not just about having low fat or low sugar or low carb diets. So there are so many different kind of, you know, notions about special diets as well, which are perceived to be healthy. What we always say is healthy eating is about having a balance of different foods. 
and nutrients in the diet. It is not about dieting, it's not about eliminating or restricting any specific food group, but having that balance of different variety of foods in your diet. And it doesn't have to be boring or difficult. And it is about enjoying your food, enjoying what you're eating. And at the same time, being mindful about what you're eating. It's very important to bear in mind that healthy eating is not just for physical health, as we always perceive. It's also for your mental well-being. And it's equally important to include foods that you enjoy in moderation. So you don't need to cut out maybe a chocolate bar if you enjoy or a packet of crisp. It's making sure that you're enjoying that and including that in your diet in moderation. I think that's really important. It's I, I heard someone say once you wouldn't put diesel in an unleaded car. You know, you, you've got to put the right fuel into your body. It's really thinking about it like that, isn't it? That you you wouldn't put more than the tank could hold, you know, of diesel. Yes. You'd, you'd only put the right amount in. Yes. So it's a, everything in moderation, but also the right stuff. I suppose my worry for our workforce is that that can be so difficult because grabbing a bit of fruit is one thing. You know, you could include that as a snack. But in terms of lunch, how does a community nurse who's in the wilds of North Norfolk with no shop to be seen, who's forgotten to put her lunch in her bag because she was too busy dealing with the kids this morning, what does she do apart from drive to the nearest garage and buy a pasty? It can be very tricky at times. And as you said, you know, if you've tried your best with planning and preparing and everything, but there's always going to be occasions where we all get caught up and you you know, we don't have any options, but a small garage or service station. Look for the options that are healthier. Is there any other alternative to having a pasty? And most of the time they do have one or the other options for sandwiches or something like that. Have they got fruit? Have they got some uh, cereal bar or something like that? And instead of going for a meal deal, like having a bag of crisp and a sugary drink and a pasty, could you just have a, maybe a banana and uh, maybe a cereal bar or just a sandwich? So it's kind of choosing the healthier options out of what is available. And listen, if it's on an occasional basis, you got caught up and you have no other option other than pasty, then on occasion it's okay. You were talking about how we think about low fat food and low sugar and diet food in inverted commas. So, what are some myths around nutrition that we might all believe? One of the common myths that I come across is fruit is bad because it's high in sugar. And that's not true at all. Fruit is good for you. It's It has got sugar, but it is natural sugar. And what you need to be careful of is any foods with added sugar. Another one that we come across is... Um, fat-free and sugar-free is healthy. But again, healthy eating is not all about fat-free or sugar-free or carb-free. You need to be allowing yourself to eat everything in moderation. And we do need fat. We do need some sugar in a diet because if we cut down fats, if we cut down sugar, that is going to have an impact on our energy levels. And carbohydrates are very important for our body as well because that's the main source of our energy. People always perceive fresh fruit and veg can be expensive. And again, that 
that is uh, another very popular misconception um, that people have that eating healthy is for the rich and um, that people on tight budgets can only make unhealthy choices. And that's a very uh, common misconception. But you can eat well for less and stay healthy on a budget. And again, I keep going back to planning and prepping, but it is the kind of foundation of eating healthy, I would say, um, because with more planning um, on your weekly meals, menus, you know what you're going to eat and that will um, reduce your reliance on convenience meals or takeaways, which will save you money, but reduce food waste and you will buy only what you need. It will allow you time to shop around a little bit as well. And batch cooking and planning also will save you on your time, gas and electricity bills. With a little bit of planning, you can eat healthier. And many of the snack foods or some of the meals that are high in salt or fat and sugar and calories are more expensive that, than the seasonal fruit and vegetables. So choose what is more in season, uh, more local produce rather than which has got more carbon footprints. And sometimes people perceive that fresh fruit and vegetables are healthier, but frozen or tinned or canned, you know, fruit and vegetables are equally good and will help save you money instead of looking for the branded items, perhaps used for the more store brands. That's really good advice. And I think, yeah, we often forget those tinned options, but you're right. They count towards your five a day, don't they? It, Absolutely, yes. Well, here's the question as well. Is is five a day still a thing? Because I heard somewhere, somewhere that it should be 10 a day. I mean, is that correct? <laughs> is it five a day? I'm sure lots of people will be very happy to know that, yes, it is still five a day for us. But some of the other countries do have eight a day or 10 a day, but we are still with five a day. And that magic number kind of, you know, it comes from, you know, that's making sure we get our fiber and fruit and vegetables, it's vitamins and minerals, but also fiber. And the more diverse fruit and vegetables we have in our diet, the more different variety of fiber we get. And that subsequently helps with our gut microbiome as well, because with the new uh, research on gut microbiome um, and its impact on our immunity, our cognitive health, our gut health. You know, there is a very, very strong research with that. And the studies show that you aim at having at least 30 different plant based options a week. And I know it sounds a lot and that sounds like, oh, from five a day, we are moving to that. But five a day is part of that. So going back to your question of five a day, yes, it's still there. Um, and you can, as I said, you know, frozen or tinned um, options also. Dry fruits, again, count towards your one of your five a day as well. So it may seem a lot, but with a little bit of planning, you can kind of, you know, meet your those uh, requirements easily. It's very important that before you kind of think about changing something with your diet or you're unsure, perhaps speak to dietitians or look for the evidence-based information. As a lot of our staff are working from home at the moment, their routine might have changed, they might not be in the car as much. You might think, oh that's great, they can eat really well because they're at home, but actually 
it might have a flip effect in that we're not as active perhaps as we were so how do we manage that you know the the kind of healthy eating and uh, in getting enough activity in our day yeah you're absolutely right i mean i have noticed a significant change in my kind of you know walking pattern like before covid i would be out and about a lot more often and I'm sure that has affected lots of our staff. But not just that, if your job as it is, is a desk bound, it's even all the more important. So diet is one aspect of being healthy, but activity, exercise is equally important. Think of ditching your desk, I would say, you know, maybe sit less and stand more. And one of the things that I've started doing is when I'm doing clinics from home, kind of telephone clinics, when I'm on the phone with the patients, I'm kind of walking around in the house with the phone, <laughs> if possible, yeah, if I'm not kind of typing at the same time. And that makes a lot of difference. And if it is possible, you know, it's feasible for you, perhaps you can do that. Take frequent breaks in between your each telephone call or set an alarm on your phone or computer to just remind yourself to get up and have a little move around. It can be perhaps few steps every 30 minutes, half an hour or so. If you are working in the office setup and your job is desk bound, and if you've got any meetings or anything, could you kind of have a walking meeting if you like? You know, could you go out in a fresh air and do things like that or go for a walk during your lunch hour, even if it's just 10, 15 minutes quick walk? And it's not just walk, but being in the fresh air kind of, you know, helps just your energy levels and your alertness. And according to On Your Feet Britain, you can burn about 50 calories more an hour standing rather than sitting. Thank you for listening to Take a Moment with NCHC. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please visit the podcast intranet page to leave a comment and for details of our other episodes. You can also follow NCHC on all social media channels.